Oh, I love that little bit of ASMR there of Ed uh, slurping. <coughs> oh, and a cough as well. Welcome, everybody, to Split the Screen. <laughs> Episode 11 with a bit of Ed Nightingale sipping on a cup of tea in the most British way Sorry. to start. <laughs> Split I'm the nothing screen. but typical. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to unmute. I'm going to unmute and I had like five seconds. And all I could do was... <laughs> slurping it up well as i always do well how clean of you everybody welcome this is uh, split the screen it's the 11th of february 2021 i am biggest benos aka ben ostwick and i'm joined by the one the only ed nightingale hello ed hello how now, are you i'm doing very very well now your camera is in like a different spot now like because if you weren't pretentious enough with the with your opinions on video games you've now got fancy and uh, like a fancy art studio behind you now well i am i am in an art studio technically um yeah no <laughs> i have a second desk for working at home which is here and then here is personal so i've changed that angle oh. which means now you have my partner's oh. art behind me that isn't that is done in those two doing some demon soul stuff i know you've got they are they the originals there they are the originals wow they are worth £750 each, apparently. <laughs> the amount of oil paint on them. Yeah. <laughs> or is that just on the oil paint, not, the, not what they're paying? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> that is a, a lot. It looks incredible, yeah. though. If, um, Please don't buy them. He needs the money. Uh, I, was in, I thought it was a commission. <laughs> did somebody commission, then they went... For commissions. Okay. I thought it was like a commission, and then he decided, no, nah, I'm not going not gonna to pay. But yeah, so anybody that's listening to this on um, Spotify, on iTunes or whatever it's called now, Apple Podcast Music, then uh, there's just some stunning pictures behind or some stunning paintings of Demon Souls. Have you been playing Demon Souls, Ed? No, because I finished it. Oh. Unlike you. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like a game with a bit more variety. It's a bit... Demon Souls reminds me a little bit of... Um, do you ever play the Uncharted game on the Vita? Uh, no, but I remember hearing about it and I remember you moaning to me about it quite recently. Yeah, because it was uh, moaning. It doesn't sound like me. You moaning? <laughs> critiquing. Oh, critiquing. <laughs> sure. A professional um, critiquer. Yeah, that's me. Um, but like, it was just kind of the same background rehashed many times. It's called a jungle, Ben. Yeah, it is. It was in a, <laughs> We're in a jungle. It's like Demon's Souls. You're just in a castle. You don't go anywhere exciting. Just in a castle. Yep. Okay, because you've literally done the first level. There are five worlds that are all very different from one another and are not are just really? a castle. Oh, I didn't realise there were any other worlds. I thought I was just spending the entire time in that castle. Oh, dear. But you need to carry me through it at some point. Well, you keep threatening to let me and then it doesn't happen. So I'm here. I'm available. Just let what? me know. I will not pass up on that offer. Last night, so last night I was uh, speaking of games that we're playing. Shall we go straight in? Unless you've got anything else to talk about today. <laughs> um, no, well, so yesterday I was, um, I went downstairs to sit down and get ready to play some Persona 5 because apparently Persona 5 Strikers is uh, is coming out. And uh, yeah, so I went and sat down and played some Assassin's Creed Valhalla instead. Because, and how was uh, that? I wasted my entire time, kind of, um, because I sat down and I was looking at the missions going like, well, those two, chapter one of this and chapter one of this, I'm like, okay, I'm guessing I need to follow these. Um, and I completed this thing called the Berserker. And I was like, oh, I don't remember adding this quest to it. Um, so I went to the end of it, got this Berserker. He joined my uh, my little village and it was really cool. He had like a, a monster. Oh, no, it wasn't. Sorry, not a monster, a polar bear. Uh, very similar. That was like looking after him and he was looking after the polar bear. And I think it's based on some kind of Norse mythology, I'm guessing. And um, as, is, as is the entire game. So yes, as it's, probably. Yeah. Well, mythology <laughs> and actual stuff. I think that, I don't think that was real. But yeah, no, I did that. And then I found out that that was DLC that I'd been doing. Um, luckily, it kept it like the same level. So it wasn't, I wasn't too, it wasn't like too difficult or anything like that. It kind of scaled with it. But it turns out that I needed to go to the longhouse in my settlement and pledge allegiance. And I Yes. So there's a big map and there's different yeah. areas. And then you have to select which one you want to go to. And then that will give you your mission. Yeah. So I'd already done that 
at the beginning of the game. I went and went to the north, I think. Cleared it or whatever. Finished that area. And then I came back to my settlement. And it asked me to select or pledge allegiance. And at that point, I think I'd put it down for a bit. And I was like, okay, I'll do the rest of it another time. And then when I loaded back in, I totally forgot that I needed. Because there's no prompting whatsoever on the screen to say, like, go here and select what you do next. It just gives you the mission list. And the only thing in those mission lists were, like, complete the contracts, uh, get your settlement to level four, and the two DLC missions. So I, so I was literally doing the DLC missions thinking, I'm going like, I think this might be the main quest. I'm not sure. So I just kind of wasted my time. And now I'm ridiculously overleveled for this next part. Because yeah. I need to be level 20 to go to the next part. And I'm like 53, 54 or that, something like that. That was my problem. Because at the beginning, you've got a choice between two regions. And you have to be level... They're both level 20. Yeah. But whichever one you choose, when you finish that, you're then going to be overleveled for the other one. And then... Yeah. So I again, like you, was like 50 for a level 20 area. The next one's then level 90, by which point I was 120. And then the next <laughs> one's level 120, and it's like you're 160. Like, you're just always way, way ahead. Because mm -hmm. I've also been playing some Valhalla over the weekend, um, and I'm slightly further than you, um, <laughs> because I, I didn't make any progress. quests. <laughs> hey, I'm doing DLC. I'm scooting ahead doing this DLC. Sure. Because sure. the other the thing is, the other mission that was available was Beowulf, and I'm like, that is definitely the DLC. So oh, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't go and do that one because I was quite close to going and doing the Beowulf one, being like, maybe this will then progress the main story. Oh. I mean, it's I, I find it quite relaxing because it is a very easy game um, mm. because you're so overpowered and because it's just oh, go here and do this and you know most of the little side missions and stories require zero brain power it's just go to the yellow dot and find some treasure or oh move this box out the way and then go to the hidden place or talk to this person and yeah. some of them are quite funny i don't know if you've done the one with the farting woman yet um uh, no i haven't had the farting woman yet oh there's a farting woman she's she's an absolute delight um so you'll enjoy her um but most of them that like dog that was the last one i did oh that you can pet the dog in this game yeah and you can Very important. It's now i think it now joins me oh you can pet no it's the cat i pet well i got the dog i rescued a dog that was actually a wolf but then now it's friendly yes. but i yes, yeah, um yeah. i also i had like a speech a talk bubble next to a cat so i spoke to the you cat can cuddle the cat well the cat ran off and then i chased it and now the cat joins me on my boats Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was no, it was just one, I think, because it was a bit of a weird kind of world event mission. Yeah, but now yeah. I've got a cat on my boat. Very nice. Yeah, it's the yeah, captain. It's just, yeah, it, it just the requires captain. the cat. Tin. Oh God. Um, <laughs> it just requires zero brain power. You can just sort of play it for a few hours, get absolutely nowhere in the story because it's so long that you know it's not even a droplet in the ocean um, of like five hours of play. But it's nice and simple. You're like, oh, that was that was entertaining for a bit, and then off you go. Yeah, this is Valhalla, Jay. I'm I'm enjoying it. Like I really and I went to bed late last night, hence the baggy eyes today. I went to, like literally. I I normally I was gonna go. Okay, I will play this for like one hour, maybe two hours. I played it four hours at least, and that was just doing the DLC and some and unlocking some. Uh, areas and every now and again you'll come across a world event or something special and you'll be like oh you know what i'll see what it is um and it was yeah there was like some guy that was going light the bridge to valhalla light the light the flames to valhalla and i was just ch been chasing him around like lighting things that were on the ground and i didn't know what it was i can't even remember what happened at the end but it was just kind of mindless entertainment and yeah, the battling and the the fighting and that. It seems a lot more... So I went back into this after a break for two or three weeks, maybe even longer than that, and I just really quickly picked up the controls again. When it was Odyssey, I remember getting my ass handed to me going back into Odyssey. Um, I think that the the, uh, the combat was a lot more... was a lot more difficult back in Odyssey. or a, It was a bit more complex. So you could get well, it, obviously, it'd be fine. I, no, the thing is, I wasn't overpowered when I was playing Odyssey. Which was weird. So, like Odyssey, I was losing badly to people that were even lower level than me. So it was. Um, Boy, is this one I'm just dominating? Yeah. yeah, it's it's a very addictive game because it's very easy to say, "Oh, I'll just go to this other dot and do this, and then go mm. to this dot and do that," and suddenly five hours have passed and you've achieved absolutely nothing with your life. Um, yeah. So it's it's a really 
really worthwhile game. I mean, I'm weirdly enjoying it, but it's it's just going to be ongoing forever. Yeah. And it, when you get to the end, finally, you'll be like, oh, you know what? I enjoyed that. That was That's what I was like with Origins, because I finished Origins in about 40, 50 hours or something. Um, and I remember uh, kind of at the end, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready for it to be over. But then when it was over, I'm like, oh, you know what? I really enjoyed that. And I was very I, happy for that to be over. Origins. Yeah. See, I much preferred that to Odyssey. Interesting. But but I, I did like Odyssey as well. I like all Assassin's Creed. They're just mindless, kind of. You don't need to kind of think about it. Yeah. All right. And how um, has Little Nightmares 2 been, which you've been playing yeah, today? I've been playing Little Nightmares 2 all afternoon. I think I'm quite near the end now. Um, it's really cool. It's a lot. So Little Nightmares 1 was one of the first games I ever streamed, and I really enjoyed it. It was just kind of like light puzzle. You're going on different levels of a ship, as far as I remember. And at the end of it, you can kind of like work out where you are in the game, like how far from the end, etc., etc. This one seems a lot longer. I've, well, not a lot longer. The other one I finished in three hours. This one I'm about four hours in. Um, and I, I'm getting close to the end, I think. And it's, yeah, it's more of the same. There's more uh, puzzles. If anybody doesn't know this, it's like there's light platforming puzzles with a very kind of dark and eerie and uh looks very tim burton-esque yeah definitely tim burton style uh aesthetic but it's just beautiful like you can just take a screenshot well when it's not just completely pitch black but you can take a screenshot in so many time like so many occasions and it would just look like you'd been you know you'd gone into photo mode because it's just it is really really stunning Puzzles are fine. Uh, there's some that look like weirdly difficult, like weirdly requiring kind of combat, which I didn't remember from Little Nightmares 1. I remember just being like, okay, being precise and waiting for somebody to go past and then run. But no, now I'm like grabbing hammers and smashing hands and things like this. Um, and then there's one bit where these enemies are coming towards you and if you've got your torch out, you can make them freeze. And there's a bit where there's just loads of all those enemies and it took me quite a while to get through um and i was like okay that's oddly difficult like it just randomly spikes um but yeah it's, would you recommend um, it i definitely would it's 25 pounds for the standard edition which i got and it's if you like little nightmares one you're gonna love this there's a free demo i think the demo's still available if it's not then it's not but if it is go and play that see if you like it if you like that kind of puzzle it is very, yeah, very, very dark, very mm, eerie and creepy. It's not necessarily jump scares. There's a couple, but it's more like just, yeah, it's artsy, very artsy. Nice. I mean, I'm tempted to, I haven't played the first one, so I'm tempted to go back and play that first if they're, yeah. if they're similar and if that's cheaper. Um, oh, yeah. Not the that I'm a one, cheapskate, but if it is a bit cheaper, then I might just head I back like and get that one. First one was on sale or is on sale. And you can get the Ultimate Edition because it comes with three DLCs, but I've never played the DLCs of the first one. Okay. Mm. Interesting. But yeah, no. It's, uh, yeah, give it a go. It's great. Have you played Inside or... Yes, Inside is phenomenal. So I've not played Inside. I played the... What was the one before it? Limbo. Limbo, yeah. I played a fair bit of Limbo. Nearly, nearly, nearly got to the end of that. And <laughs> it's... I love the fact how it's yet another game that you started but haven't finished, and yet this one literally is about two hours long. Yeah. You couldn't I even stay with it for two hours. No, I remember it told you like how far through the game you are and there's like five nods nodules left. And I'm like, I, just, I didn't particularly like Limbo. I played it in, for a good two hours. Inside is better okay. than Limbo, I would say. Limbo's got that sort of, I guess, similar to Little Nightmares, that sort of dark gothic horror kind of vibe to it um, mm. and a really terrifying spider, um, which is, is not good. Um, inside is a lot more symbolic and more kind of eerie and it's got a really really strange ending which i won't spoil but is worth sticking with for once ben to oh. see the ending to see what happens are they related though is it like a sequel no no no, no. they're totally separate just okay, the same developer because i think i remember saying i'll play inside because i'm sure i've got it i'll play it after i've finished uh limbo but i never really got too into it I'm, but i'm sure you can get inside for like a couple of quid and considering no, I think I've got it's it. literally an afternoon's worth of play, like it's yeah. it's worth. The it. way you describe it makes it sound a lot like Little Nightmares. True, 
but it's less. The puzzle? It's what? Is it? Are there lots of other enemies in that? Like, are there people that you're hiding from and sneaking around from, and then? Um, kind of, but it's more like a sort of weird dystopia, and it's just very creepy and eerie. Um, you're a child on the run from the very beginning. There are people chasing you, but you don't really know why or what it's they're exactly trying to do. Exactly, little nightmares. <laughs> this is exactly what I mean. <laughs> I'm being chased, and it's very eerie, and I'm like a child, and it's dystopian kind of future, just like there's there's just dead. It's loads of like either like dead people or dead bodies or weird like the monsters or the uh, the the enemies in this game are just like these grotesque beings. Uh, that are just chasing you and trying to kill you for some reason. Okay. I guarantee you that inside probably gets weirder by its end. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and I'll yeah. say no more because I don't want to spoil it for you if and when you eventually play it. Hmm. But yeah, I recommend uh, Little Nightmares. I, I'm getting close to the end and it's becoming a bit more like, ooh, cool. This, I really want to see like how, it, how they finish it or how they wrap it up. Because I remember Little Nightmares 1... The way that that like wrapped up, I was at the end going like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess I get what this is about. Whereas at the moment with this one, I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> at the moment, I'm like, I think, is it about an obsession with television? <laughs> Just on the bit I'm doing now. But I, yeah, no idea. I'm sure I'll read. go back. Sorry, I'm sure I'll go back and I'll read something about somebody's analysis of it and go, oh, okay, yeah, that represents that. It that was a metaphor that. for childlike innocence being destroyed yeah yeah i'll read it in uh, ed's next column <laughs> in that voice <laughs> i'll read it aloud to you next week there yeah all right ed how have you been enjoying uh one second let me find the document how have you been enjoying age of calamity have you finally finished it i have it has <sighs> been a while but i finally finished hyrule warriors age of calamity um and uh yeah, I'm kind of glad it's done. I mean, I really liked it. I did really like it. I think it's it's a Muzu game. It's hack and slash. It's very button mashy. Um, and they drag out a few ideas into a lot of gameplay. Um, now, I think I was playing it for over 40 hours. And I reckon you could probably do just the story in half that. But I, I don't know about you, Ben, but I'm one of these people who, if I see a ton of side quests and side content to do i have to do that as i go mm -hmm. i hate like once i finish something i'm like i finished it now and i know that i won't go back so i try and do all the side stuff as i go and tick it off but the way that age of calamity works is every time you do a main story quest it suddenly unlocks a load of other stuff on the map um so and even the very last final final mission i thought you know what i'm bored now i'm just going to crack on and do it and just get it done with and then as soon as you do that, suddenly it brings up a load of other extra missions to do at the very end, and it unlocks extra abilities to do, which would have been very helpful earlier on. Um, and then there's a whole other like challenge mode around the Blood Moons, um, which is like hard versions of missions. And most of the missions already are just, let's just throw as many enemies as possible at you and see how you cope, and see how quickly you can mash the buttons, which is really, really sore on your wrists and fingers. Um, mm. So it's it's fun. It's a it's a decent hack and slash kind of game. I think I'm more forgiving of it because it's Zelda. Um, if it wasn't Zelda, I would be less keen. Um, the one thing I do really appreciate about this and the other Hyrule Warriors game is that it allows you to play as female characters, which the main series does not. So finally, you get to play as Zelda and you get to play as Impa and tons of other characters and the, the the women are by a mile the best characters in this game they are way more powerful link is just a boring silent himbo and zelda is an absolute queen so if you're going to play it definitely play a zelda and that's that's one of the best things about the game i have to say um so i would recommend it if you're a zelda fan if you're not then meh it's probably a bit dull but fine. yeah i'm glad i didn't play it because it sounds like a long game that I wouldn't put in put enough hours into. Well, like I said, if you just do the main story, it's probably 20 hours. But I just purposely mm. wanted to tick off everything. And now I'm looking at it thinking, can I really be bothered to go back? Or am, am I going to be stuck playing Valhalla for months? 
Probably, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. So, um, you've been also playing Person 5 Strikers. Well, yes. Huh. Now, <laughs> I'm not going to say too much about it because I'm reviewing it. Um, and it's Ooh. not out until the 23rd, I believe. But reviews did come out a couple of days ago. Um, so I'm I'm playing catch-up, um, but whipping through it. So speaking of you not playing Persona 5 yet, and speaking of me playing Age of Calamity as a Muzu game, this is basically the two of those together. It is a sequel to Persona 5, but it is hack and slash. Um, and like I said, I won't say too much about it. It literally continues on straight from where Persona 5 ended. So I feel like if you haven't played Persona 5, it's going to be a bit tricky to jump into. What I do like, though, is that where Hyrule Warriors feels like a Dynasty Warriors game with a Zelda skin, this feels like a Persona game with hack-and-slash combat. Um, so it, it's it got all the same music, the characters, the menus, the style, and all of the battle system from Persona 5, um, which originally is turn-based, translates into sort of hack-and-slash, but it, with, a, with a twist on it, um, if slightly streamlined. So it definitely feels like an extension of Persona 5 in a very good way. Um, it's still a little button mashy because that's just the style of the combat. Um, mm. But so far, I am very much enjoying it. I mean, it's more Persona and what is not to love about that? At the end of Persona 5, because I've not played it, and I will get around to playing it eventually. It's like one of those where I'll... I'd like, I, the amount you? of times, Yeah, no, because the amount of Are times sure? in the past... The amount, honestly, I will, because the amount of times in the past where I've gone like, uh, I fancy a bit of Persona, but oh god, I'm going to start the whole thing again. But now I've like, I have started it and I've got into it. There will be a point in the future, probably soon, where I go, you know, what? I'm in the mood to go and blast through a dungeon, or I'm really in the mood for some Persona, and then I'll go through it and do a, a dungeon or two, um, and then put it down for a little bit. It's one of those games. It's a bit like Assassin's Creed, very similar to Persona Five, where you just go and. Uh, yeah, I'll pick I mean, it up I for a bit. I completely disagree because when I started Persona Five, I literally could not stop, and I played it solidly for months, and like played nothing else yeah. because I was completely sucked into it. I couldn't even think about anything else. Oh, I like a bit of variety. I need a bit of variety. Little Nightmares today was yes. beautiful. After playing so much uh, Minecraft and and yeah, well, Valhalla was like yesterday, but uh, yeah, something like Little Nightmares is nice. Was nice just to kind of. <laughs> have something completely different. Yeah, it's a nice I little two-hour planet uh, palette cleanser. Yeah. Um, oh, I've also finished Final Fantasy XIV's latest patch. Very nice. Yeah. There how you mu are. how much it? content was in that? Uh, the patch was like a good ten hours, maybe. Well, for okay. me, the main like the main story was, well, well, maybe not ten hours. Maybe I'm being very generous. It, 10 hours including waiting for DPSQs. For oh, the... so that was a good nine hours worth of, <laughs> of time then. <laughs> yeah. No, I was... It was fine. Actually. No, it did take me about 10 hours, but I was taking it pretty slowly. Um, there were quite a few quests. There were like a good 10, 12 quests. Um, oh, and there was a really nice thing. So the woman who plays M Matoya... Oh, I think that's her name again. Yeah, Matoya. No idea. Well, she is... Um, the voice actress passed away... Uh, quite recently and she was 84 and her name was oh my god what's her name uh, so I want to get it correct voice yeah Matoya voice actor was uh, Sheila Sheila Stiefel and yeah she passed away and then when she so she died uh, recently and they replaced her with Madge from Benidorm <laughs> uh, which I thought was brilliant Who's also called Sheila, but yeah, there's a bit in the um, in the game where Ishtola says there is an authority on familiars with whom we may begrudgingly turn. Uh, she's stubborn, hot. Sorry, uh, apparently asking to look after the dog wasn't. Atti's uh, the new voice actor don't... in Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, I th hey, I'm going to do the podcast. Do you want to look after the dog? Yeah, you will. Okay. <laughs> now, now, yeah, Atti is now playing um, Bahamut. Um, although I think I actually say that wrong. Right. Apparently it's bah Bahamut. I don't know, Ben, how do you say Bahamut, the summon? Baham, bah Bahamut, I don't know. Oh, I mean, Bahamut, <laughs> no, Bahamut, Bahamut, I think. I say Bahamut. Yeah, uh, but, well, they said, like, oh, they're talking about Master Mataya, and Ishtola says, she's stubborn, haughty, eccentric, irascible, laconic, annoying. And it was all like, that's weird. And it was the acronym 
Sheila, which I thought was Aww. a nice, nice little uh, kind of homage to her. Very nice. Yeah. Well, speaking of Final Fantasy XIV, shall we split some headlines? That yeah, I love where one. all the. I do love where all these uh, articles are from. <laughs> <laughs> Only two were written by me. Don't worry. Three. Um, oh, three, uh, two were made by you. Okay, fine. <laughs> well. Actually, I think I'm skipping one, so don't worry. Um, anyway, Final Fantasy XIV news, which happened over the weekend, is that we now have a name for the new expansion, which is called yeah. Endwalker, which is coming in autumn, which I know a lot of people are going to be very, very excited about. I'm still a good like five million hours away from this, mm-hmm. um, but at some point I might get to this. Uh, which you did be quite good. a few missions yesterday. You did like 13 missions. Well, it's... Uh, <laughs> Still very slow going. Um, But there is a new trailer um, for it, which has a really cool... It's, like, incredibly emo, this trailer. Mm. Lots of, like, hooded men and rock music. Um, But it's well worth a watch. Um, So far, we know that it's going to be the climax of the Hydaelyn and Zodiac story, which means nothing to me, even though apparently (laughs) it began in A Realm Reborn, so maybe that's one of the many missions I just skipped over and ignored. No, no, Um, you'll get more... Especially into... I think it's in Shadowbringers... Like the Shadowbringers was when I actually paid attention to the story as well. And there's bits in there where it's like showing certain. I won't spoil a single thing with Shadowbringers because I want you to enjoy please, it it's completely please blind. Please do not. Um, but the, no, there's a part in it where it explains a lot of that story. Excellent. Well, so I look forward to that. A bit there. <laughs> um, but Endwalker's going to have loads of new areas. We get to go to the moon, which should be very exciting. Um, yeah. And there's a new job class called the Sage, which is a healing job class, which looks very, very cool. Um, From Final Fantasy Four, I believe. The Sage. Mm. Well, I know the weapon is completely new, which is like these sort of levitating blades. Yeah. And uh, it is, it's completely new because I think a lot of fourteen comes from previous games as like an homage, and now this is the first weapon that is completely new. Which is nice. So that's exciting. Um, and also, it is coming to PlayStation 5. So <gasps> as in the entire game is coming to PlayStation 5 <gasps> on the 13th of April in open beta. So Ooh, if you haven't yet played play- it and you have a PS5, then you're all good. And that's also the date when the next patch drops. 5.5. Funny that. Yeah. I just yeah I just finished the patch and at the end of that, I'm like, ah, okay. That's why I was seeing things in Endwalkers. Because I, I remember watching the Endwalker reveal going like... Oh, what <laughs> okay moon right okay and um and yeah the latest patch kind of has started to really ramp up which i'm very excited about and also like some of the new areas and things look really cool they do there is uh, an area called Thavnair and the imperial city of garlamad which i'm presuming i'm meant to know about garlamad <laughs> yeah you know the evil people that you're fighting against yeah yeah, uh, the Empire. Not the ones, not the Asians, but the, the Empire. Yeah, the Empire. Yeah, those ones are, uh, that's where it is. Got it. They're from there. I do remember them. That's one mission I didn't just skip through the story and ignore. The other um, one, though, because you couldn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were that, stuck doing it It for was that forever. dungeon. Yeah, it was that dungeon where you can't do it. Yeah, uh, fine. Oh, that one, yeah, that was super long, wasn't it? Mm. Oh, well. Yeah. Anyway, we get to go there, so that's going to be fun. Um... <laughs> More news, fresh from today, uh, hot off the press, is that we now have a release date for Ratchet and Clank: A Rift Apart. I didn't know this, and I yeah. uh, I love Ratchet. Like Ratchet and Clank, the first one of like the remake was phenomenal. Probably one of the best platformers I've played. Yep, yep. So this was announced ages ago um, with PlayStation launch that it was coming, um, and we now have a release date, which is June the eleventh this year. I think originally it was meant to be quarter one this year, but it's probably taking a bit longer because of COVID, um, which is slightly annoying. But apart from that, we don't really have any new details. There's no new trailer. Um, there's details of pre-order stuff, if that is your bag. Any weapons? Um, I want the Pixelator and the Dancing yes. Disco Bomb. We they, love the l- Disco Ball. As long as those two are in. I love how they animated every single enemy to have its own unique dance when you throw the Disco Ball. Yeah. I uh, what sticks in my mind are those frogs lying on their side with their legs <laughs> going up and down to the music. Uh, what a game. That's, um, we so, do oh, also have... Can you say that that is going to be taking place during... That'll be released during my 100 days of stream, so I'm going to add that to the image of games I will be 
playing on day one. Please do, please do. We can love that game. Um, we've got the cover art as well, which shows the the other female, I'm presuming female Lombax, um, who is so far still nameless, but the end of the PlayStation blog does say, we know you are asking for the new Lombax's name, and it's not fair that we put her in the artwork and aren't telling you yet. Hang in there, you'll be feeling rosy soon. Which a lot of people think <laughs> means her name is going to be Rose. Or Rosie. If that is, or Rosie. Uh, Roll up and ride on Rosie. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Can't play that song anymore, DMCA. Yeah, don't sing it, don't sing it. Um, so yeah, Ratchet & Clank is coming very soon. At last. Yes. Oh. Um, more news from today. Today's been a good news day. Um, oh, I've missed we, it all. I've been playing... Uh, I've been, been very playing busy. Little been working, working, Ben. Yeah. Um, we now have are Joel and Ellie for, for The Last of Us TV show that HBO are doing. Um, so Joel is going to be Pedro Pascal, who plays the Mandalorian, and was Oberyn Martell in Game of Thrones. And Ellie is Bella Ramsey, who was also in Game of Thrones as, uh, more, I've forgotten the name now, Liana Mormont. Uh, she's also in His Dark Materials, uh, the BBC show. Um, so there we go. Um, Pedro Pascal, he was in. Well, he was in Mandalorian, but he is the Mandalorian. He never takes his helmet off. Well, have you finished season one? No. Oh well, there you go. Oh, spoiler. Um, I was about to say, like, wait, he's the Mandalorian. It, like, it could be anybody in that. <laughs> it could be like anyone in that so far. No, no, he is the uh, Mandalorian. But yeah, they're both from Game of Thrones, which makes sense because it's the same producer. Um, Neil Druckmann, who's the writer from Naughty Dog, is also, I think, co-writing the show. Um, so I think it should be pretty authentic um, to the game, which is very exciting. And it's also going to be directed by uh, the, the creator of Chernobyl. The TV show, which I haven't watched, but Shit. I think has a similar apocalyptic vibe. I didn't, I didn't like Chernobyl. 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 It just felt too overly Hollywoodized. I didn't watch it, so I can't really comment. But mm. yeah, this is going to be the same director. Yeah. So okay. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I liked uh, her in uh, Game of Thrones. I thought she was awesome. Yeah. I think I think it's a good choice. I mean, a lot of people online are saying, "Oh, they don't look like the people in the game," but like, th- who cares? Like, it's a new, fresh take on it. Just suck it up and enjoy it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, more TV and movie. Well, movie news. Um, we now have the name of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie sequel, which is going to be called Sonic the Hedgehog Two. And the next That's news it. story. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, speaking, by the way, of Mandalorian, I'm very glad that they uh, removed the lady from it who has very offensive yes. views. Very offensive. And I love that cancel culture was trending. It's not. It's called consequence culture, you idiots. Yeah. If you're a twat online, then suffer the consequences. Apparently, yeah. Sorry, I want to just say all my stuff without having any consequences. Gosh. Yeah. But no, it was very... She had some very anti-Semitic views, which is why she has been removed um mm. from from the future of that but also she's i th- believe said some very transphobic things in the past which clearly had no consequences um so you know it's interesting what causes these things to happen yeah as uh Gemma says you don't get to hurt people and walk through life like a hero yeah yeah or well, be in star said, wars exactly disney have someone's like oh no all the alt-right people are now not going to watch star wars oh no <laughs> yes they will <laughs> Yeah, A, they will, yeah, B. And B, you know, oh, oh, sorry, the, the person that was comparing, uh, well, don't even, you can Google it if you want to know what she was met, she was talking about, but be warned, it's very offensive. Yeah, not nice. Yeah. But back to Sonic. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> 2 it has a release date, um, which is April the 8th, 2022, um, and a name. And it was announced in a video which has the Emerald Hill music in it, which is the first level from Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in the Mega Drive. There you go. Mm. Did you see Have the you first s- film, Ben? No, I didn't. Is it on Netflix or anything? Um, no. I believe I paid what? on Amazon to like download it and watch it. Well, I might watch it eventually if it's on the mic. It's all right. They're yeah. clearly aiming for a so, so bad it's good vibe, and it's kind of just bad. 
Oh, it wasn't that one I wanted to watch. I wanted to watch the Detective Pikachu. <gasps> oh my god, Detective Pikachu is amazing. Yeah, I've heard that that's much better than Sonic. I mean, it's what I say, it's amazing. Is it an amazing film? No. But is it a fun Pokemon film? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Pants Travien um, says, Lies is amazing about the Sonic uh, movie. I mean, it's fine. Detective Pikachu needs a sequel. What would it be? Like, Constable Clefairy? Ah. <laughs> uh, Chiropractor Charizard? No, let's not go there. I think it would probably be Detective Pikachu 2. But yes, that needs to happen. Absolutely needs to happen. Um, And then our last bit of news, also from today, but this time from the BBC. The headline of which is, Pigs can play video games with their snouts. So basically, scientists have been doing some testing, and they created a little video game, a sort of arcade-style game with a joystick, and they had some pigs who were playing it. And And they still did better than me. (laughs) They probably did. Um, And... Every time that they, they won, they got a treat. But even when the, the treat dispenser stopped working, they still continued playing it because they were having so much fun. Yeah. See? Pigs like pigs. video games. But I think my favourite thing from this is the names of the four pigs, which were Hamlet, Omelette, Ebony, and Ivory. <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to go for like pig video game names. What would it be? Uh, I saw someone making a joke of like, oh, were they playing Hogs of War? Ah, Hogwarts Locks Legacy. Uh, <laughs> we don't talk about that. No. Uh, they were playing Pokemon and going for P- Pikachu. Pikachu. Uh, oh my God, no. Please, um, let's move on. Anyway, that, that was split the headlines. Pigs <laughs> like games, so yeah. do we. I'm going to think of so many. Right. Stop thinking of pig buns. Okay, no more pig puns. <laughs> but Animal Crossing, they were just playing Animal Crossing. Harvest Moon, something like that. Yeah. Um, Poor come on. <laughs> no. So, Ed, what has been splitting opinions this time? Is that the one well, this one's got? Yeah. This might not be apparent to anyone outside the UK, but it probably will be. Um, that in the UK this month is LGBT History Month, um, which I know <laughs> is different to the US, which I believe is Zoct. October? Yeah, I think so. They've got, it's Black History Month in the US this month, uh, LGBT History Month in the UK, and in October we, sweep we, it, swap, <laughs> we swap it around. Exactly. Yeah. So, do you know in why? honor of that, go on, you're talking. Do you know why it's LGBT History Month this month? Enlighten us. Because it was in February that Section 28, a very homophobic law, was repealed in the UK. There, there you go. go. Facts. New. Yeah. So in honour of that, we thought we would discuss our favourite LGBT-focused games. Or slash characters. Let's include characters as well, in case you've got any delightful ones. However, I will begin by asking you, Ben, do you know what the first ever LGBT game was? Uh, You told me it last night, but I've forgotten. So go on. (laughs) So I'll tell you again. Tell me again. So the first LGBT game was called Caper in the Castro. And it was from 1989. And it was written and developed by uh, a woman called C.M. Ralph. And basically, it is a sort of noir detective mystery puzzle game. Um, You could play on the old Apple Macs. um, And you play as a lesbian detective called Tracker McDyke. Oh, no. Um, who was searching for their friend and drag queen who's been kidnapped, and the drag queen is called Tessie Lafemme. Um, and it's set in the Castro, which I believe is San Francisco's gay district. Um, and there's even a bit where the alcohol um, gets poisoned. There's a, there's a bar called uh, The Game or something like that, like G-A-Y, Game. Um, and the, the alcohol alcohol gets poisoned which was meant to be a sort of allegory for AIDS. Um, And another interesting fact, it was released as charity wear, um, basically for free on, um, on sort of message boards underground um, for people who could find it. And when they downloaded it, the opening screen says, 
you know, thank you for playing. Please donate funds to your local AIDS organization. So the whole thing oh. was basically meant to be sort of raising money for the AIDS crisis. Well, that's um, awesome. However, it was lost to history until only a couple of years ago where people found the original code. Well, that's something to play. Maybe go. not with names like that, I'm not sure. <laughs> Do you also know what the, the next LGBT-focused game was? Was it Life is Strange? No. Um, oh. It was a game called Gay Blade, which came out in 1992 by a guy called RJ Best, um, for also for Macintosh. And uh, basically it is a it was the first LGBT RPG um, and you go through dungeons <laughs> All um, defeating defeating right wing fascists basically as a as a as a troop of gays and lesbians and drag queens. So it's not um, gay Beyblade. It's not gay Beyblade, it's just gay blade. Um, I can't remember where the name actually comes from. But if you want to hear more about that, it is on Netflix's high score documentary, um, which tells you the story of it. And there we are. There, the history. That's a history lesson. A bit of history for you. Yes. Now, wake up. Boom. Everyone. Okay. Now, uh, what games... What's your favourite gay game? Game. Egg. Gay game. Um, I mean, one that... I guess it was maybe one of the first specifically gay games that I went looking for and found um, and very much enjoyed was Dream Daddy. I was about to say, is it one of those, like free ones you see like advertised on instagram you know on the the adverts and you're like it wasn't grinder no that's not no, a video game <laughs> i won it though <laughs> can you win grinder i platinumed it i feel like it's an endless game <laughs> uh, no i'm i'm even worse at that it's than i am normal video games, generated i imagine yeah uh all these fake characters on there i know um, shocking and I really bad it. special special abilities oh yeah um, anyway, no, like, you no, know, Dream you Daddy. Dream Dream Daddy is great fun. It is a. I think so many LGBT games are um, sort of dating romance kind of games because they just really focus on that aspect. Um, and in this one, you are a dad um, and you move to a new town with your daughter and you have to basically date a load of other dads. Um, and you love that. it's sort of visual novel kind of thing. It definitely brings out the daddy fetish for us all. Um, us all. <laughs> us all. I'm including us all in that. Um, and he meant, to, he meant to say me. <laughs> for me. Well. Um, I mean, my big recommendation for that game is don't make the mistake that I did, which was to fall immediately for the hot guy with a beard, who was clearly the bad guy, who I had a one night stand with, and then he dumped me, and then the game ended. Don't do that. Oh, that, so I did that, but I put on uh, streamer mode and because apparently, because I was like, okay, streamer mode, because I'm guessing it's like gets rid of music, but no, I didn't end up getting murdered. I did die in it though. You died in Dream Daddy? Yeah, I died. Is in that game possible? Over. Yep. So, you know, there's the, uh, the athletic one. Oh yeah. Um, so we went on a date. The jock. And, of course. Yeah. Yeah. We have types. We all have types head. <laughs> uh, I went to, to one where, and you were like jumping off the waterfall uh, and then into the water. And if you keep doing it, which I was like, I'm going to jump off the waterfall again and again and again. And uh, yeah, you, you slip and die. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no daddies for you. <laughs> no. I was like, there's a special skill to just die in games where you, where you can't die. <laughs> I thought that was money. Uh, oh no yeah Moni was the one that had a massacre on uh, Bug Snacks yeah. isn't it another gay game don't let Moni on, on Dream Daddy um, well, now I really wish I'd gone for the other dad with the dog because he has a dog and what's not to love sorry I'm just thinking of Moni playing Dream Daddy now and I really need to see that yeah I'd like to watch that as well <laughs> yeah. but yeah no Dream Daddy's a good one I think mean, there are so many like I say so many sort of romance type games um, but I feel like this was good it's full of dad jokes so it makes it really silly and fun but it's also, what's great about it is it really sort of normalises the whole sort of idea of it. It's just, hey, yes, there are dads who can be gay and they just are and they go and romance one another. And yeah. that's that. You know, there's no trauma or anyone questioning it or coming out stories or anything like that. It's just, yeah. hey, these are gay. These are gays and they're dads. These are dads and they're gays. <laughs> um, and isn't <laughs> it wonderful? Gays. And it's just a really positive game, which is great. 
That is, yeah, Brenda pretty much said this. Brenda says, um, I really liked this game because of multiple reasons. Also because it's funny as fuck, it really is. Uh, but the thing that stood out to me the most was that they completely didn't address the gayness of it all. It was just about a person meeting and dating other people. No attention, like, there's something different. Um, that's what it wouldn't be. No extra attention to, like, the non-straight relationships, just acceptance without question, yeah. It's like the dream, isn't it? Although there was a Literally. bit where I, I think I was dating the teacher, and he was like, oh my god, my, my, um... I can see some of my students here. But it was more, I think it was more or less that they were going to see a wrestling match <laughs> that he was embarrassed about, not that he was on a date with a guy. Uh, was he probably not wrestling? There was, there's nothing wrong, with, uh, nothing wrong with enjoying a bit of wrestling. Uh, but then I think Kiss Cam was up there. Uh, that was why it went a bit, yeah. That was the only part of it, but it still, it was brilliant from start to finish. I mean, that's the only thing is that I think because I think you go on a maximum of three dates with each guy. And if you go on a third, that means you're committed to them. And I made the mistake of just doing three dates with one person. Um, so I sort of ignored uh, I sort of ignored the others and I, I missed out on a lot of other stories. I thought I thought you were meant to go on. I thought that like it's meant to be multiple playthroughs. I mean, probably. And I just played it once. I mean, I committed and then and, and fucked it. Wow. Literally yeah, like... in all senses of the word, and then really? that was the end oh, of the you, game. You maxed out. <laughs> it was yeah. great fun. Yeah, it's also oh. got a great theme song. Yeah, dream, which is great. What's your favorite LGBT game, Ben? Probably The Sims, because that was the first one I ever played, and remember being like, "Oh my god, I can, I can have gay characters. I can make some. I can make myself really attractive." I can also make another person really attractive and I can make them woohoo woohoo and make babies. <laughs> which is still, yeah, I keep trying. Still hasn't happened. But yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed The Sims just because it gave you the freedom to do that. And it was a similar in the case of like Dream Daddy where it wasn't, oh my God, let's make a drama or a story out of it. It's like, no, this is just life. These two people, these two guys live together or you can go and woo. And like in this, it was The Sims one, I think, where I believe you checked and every single character in there is bisexual. Technically, yeah. I think every character in, in The Sims 1 is bisexual, which is pretty progressive, considering yeah. it came out in, what, 2000? Yeah, I think I played it on PlayStation 2, maybe, something like that it came out on. Um, and then eventually got it working on a PC and was like, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> that is not fun playing on a PlayStation. But no, I just really enjoyed that. It made me, yeah, it was more accepting because you could like, okay, these are what, you know, this is the relationship. These are relationships that I can kind of identify with. And I can play it in a video game because it's not happening in real life anytime soon because I was very young and definitely wasn't anywhere close to coming out. So, yeah, just being able to play that. How old will I, will I have been when Sims came out? When did you say again? 2000. So you were what, so 12? Five, I think. Five, five years old. <laughs> you were five. Good. <laughs> Discovering yourself at five. Yeah. Playing the Sims. That's Got right. Must, must be right, yeah. No, I was about 12. With those, those tiny paws around a controller. But the weird thing is, like, I always thought to myself, I didn't realize that I was, you know, buying for the other team until I was like 16, 17. But I remember playing The Sims when it first came out and it was, oh, speaking of The Sims, we've just got oh. a massive raid from a quarter ghost who is a wonderful, wonderful streamer. They stream a lot of The Sims and we're just talking about our favorite LGBT uh, games and literally came in as we were talking about <laughs> The Sims. Um Thank you so much, Ian, for that raid. Sorry, our alerts are muted because we put this on Spotify and iTunes and stuff. And I'm not going to, uh, um, yeah, ben I'm not editing? going to. Editing? Edit. I don't, I don't edit. Yeah. I don't edit. I've got to go. Welcome um, on in, everyone. Buy baking stuff. But yeah, thank you. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Where this is Split the Screen. Every week we go and talk about video games and have a little topic at the end. And right now we're talking about our favorite, yeah, LGBT video games and The Sims. There was mine because that was the first one i remember playing and i think it's my favorite yeah i mean i think what's great about the sims games i mean i say this and i don't want to annoy everyone but i've never really played the sims just i just haven't i'm not averse mm. to it i'd love to but i just have never it's played it us. um but uh <laughs> let's just get that in there quickly <laughs> shall we um what's great i think is that they have progressed their sort of gender options um, across the games. So that first one, I think it's it's binary, but everyone is bisexual in the very first one. And yeah. I think more recently, I think it is still, I mean, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, 
I think it's still binary, but within that there are then other options, which are things like appearance and clothing and things like that, but also do you sit and stand when you go to the toilet or can you be pregnant or not? Um, mm. So you can sort of mix and, and play with gender a little bit more. So I think over the over the series, they've definitely become more progressive in their options, which is very good. Yeah, although, yeah. Yeah, they took a long, long time to get darker skin tones in there as well, which is bizarre. Yes. Some yes. choices. Some choices. I uh, think another thing as well with, with LGBT games in general is that I, I feel like we're starting to move away from LGBT-specific games and more into just games with that happen to have LGBT characters in them. Um, so, you know, thinking of something like The Last of Us 2 from last year is one of the biggest releases of the year, if not the biggest release from a major, major studio, studio. and the lead character was a lesbian. But that's mm. never really a major part of the story. It's not about her and her identity. It's about zombies and a lot of other horrible yeah. violence. Um, but it's not about her specifically and her identity. And I think we're moving towards a lot of that where it's just characters are who they are, and that's that. Um, you know, I think, I know I've mentioned it before, but I think Ekenfell is another really good example of that, of a game where it's about magical witches and wizards, and nearly everyone in it is LGBT in some way, but it's never questioned, it's not a key part of the story, it's just, mm -hmm. that's just who they are. And I think it's really normalising LGBT people in video games, which is absolutely the way that it should be. And also not just NPCs, but like when it's a game that you're playing yourself, even if it's a pre-made character, you can... Uh, so even, yeah, it's a pre-made character, you're not making it yourself. You can be who you are. In so many games now, whether... I mean, right at the very beginning, obviously, it was Mass Effect, although there's certain like limited uh, limitations when it yeah. comes to that. But I'm just thinking of like every game that's come out, whether it's Cyberpunk or whether it's Assassin's Creed or whether it's, you know, pretty much any game where you can romance another, you... the the I don't know any... I can't even think of a game that allows that and doesn't let you have same-sex relationships. The only one I can maybe possibly think of is The Witcher. But that's pretty... That's a bit older. True. I mean, I guess some things are a bit more set in stone. I mean, that's, that is another good thing about Valhalla is that you can go and get your plow sword wet um, and have a lovely time with, with all the Vikings you see. Um, oh, God. Which I've go. definitely done and slept my way around England. Yeah, um, we know your type. <laughs> Daddy Vikings with a plow sword. There you go. Oh. Um, <laughs> a but yeah, I do feel like it's a bit of a cop out when people say like, or developers feel like, oh look, we're putting options in there, but it's more like, it's it's not like a. I know I've just said that games shouldn't necessarily be specifically LGBT, but at the same time, when there aren't crafted LGBT stories, it's just oh, you can be whoever you want, so you can design a character around yourself, mm. but then. It, I don't know, I just feel like that's a bit of a cop-out rather than having a storyline that is crafted in that way. Yeah. Um, but also having characters that are LGBT but aren't traumatised or it's not about coming out in some way or anything like that. Like, let's just have positive representation but purposeful representation as well. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that for me. And also, uh, speaking of LGBT games, one I really enjoyed was, um, well, we talked about it earlier, Final Fantasy fourteen. So it's really weird like how popular that is with the LGBT community and how accepting it is and how pretty much, I don't know, single person in Final Fantasy, plays Final Fantasy XIV that has ever come across homophobia. I'm sure people will pop up and say, yeah, no, I have, I have obviously with it being a community game, but I just feel like it's a really accepting game with a community that is very... In fact, I read an article that I had a percentage, I can't remember exactly the percentage of... Um, people identify as female who play that game and it was really high especially in the eu um so it's like a, it's a really diverse and a very welcoming community and i've mentioned actually before saying uh okay which is the lgbt um now somebody else was asking this on uh, twitch uh, was on twitter saying like which is the like you know an lgbt server for final fantasy 14 you know and everyone's just like they all are <laughs> pretty much every server you will find a bunch of like companies if you want that are lgbt um but it's really you know really really welcoming absolutely shall uh, we look at discord and see what people are saying go on there quickly because i've got to go and uh, well you know on uh, what i'm going to do on saturday tell us tell us i am going to be in um the donut tarts bake-off 
on Saturday evening. And I've got to go to Tesco's and get some ingredients because I will be drinking tomorrow. So I'm not going to be doing that. Why were you allowed into that? I don't know. I think I think <laughs> content. <laughs> I think they need somebody there that where we they where you know they can just say, "Look at the state of that." I mean, someone's going to lose, so it might as well yeah. be you. Exactly. I'll, I want the you tried. I'll be. I'll go for Miss Congeniality. <laughs> just don't make any weird green birds, and I think you'll be all right. I'll be the Heidi and Closet of uh, of the Bake Off. You wish you were Heidi and Closet. <laughs> I bloody, I um, did as well. Anyway, LGBT game. So Isaki Chan says, in all honesty, Dragon Age Inquisition is a very LGBTQIA2 plus friendly game um, and various different options and stuff, which is great. A lot of people are streaming, streaming that at the moment. Justin is. Uh, Justin Nick. I mean, and I feel like Dragon Age is always popular. But why Inquisition? Wait, no. Origins is the one that a lot of people play, isn't it? No. Which is Inquisition. weird. <laughs> Origins the latest, was the first one, and Inquisition is the latest. I'm sure I've seen people playing Origins quite a bit lately, even though Inquisition's the latest. Maybe. But Inquisition has Iron Bull, so yeah. you've just you've you've got to choose Iron Bull if you're gonna if you're gonna play it. I don't know what that means, but sure. There we go. Anyway. <laughs> hopefully people in chat know what I'm talking about. Um <laughs> Gemma, Canadian book girl, everything about Arcade Spirits is amazing. Arcade Spirits is everything I want in a beautiful, diverse, and representative queer game. The deep respect it presents for folks from all walks of life, the fundamental celebration of sexual diversity, it's beautiful. I haven't played Arcade Spirits, but I have heard a lot about it. Mm. I haven't. Ben hasn't either. Great. No. No, <laughs> sorry. Thanks, Q, to Canadian book girl. I will definitely go and look that up, I think. Um... Debs also says The Sims, similar to you. Vainsley has said Mass Effect Andromeda, even with its lackluster story. Um, I just find it a bit weird romancing aliens. Why? I don't know, just because like, they're monsters. <laughs> so it's like... They're beautiful, how dare you? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mass Effect Andromeda doesn't have that many queer options but it at least has more than the original trilogy okay so that's something monsters deserve love too that's true that's true exactly um and uh moiska says uh in january he played tell me why um which we have <laughs> talked about recently yes mr wilson don't let psyche hear you <laughs> romancing <laughs> aliens i know don't know how dare you uh, all right well Thank you. Uh, you better pop to the shop, Ben. I'm going to pop to Tesco's. Do you have your up. shopping list? Do you know what you're buying? It's all in here, Ed. It's all in Has here. Has Donor provided it for you? No, but I know how to make a cake. You have to put eggs Do and you? flour and butter. And? and? Uh, sugar. There you go. There you go. That's all. Do you all. have a recipe? Plainly. Nope. Uh, but I'll, I'll get one on the way there. Do you want me to tell you the recipe? Well, it's I, really, really I did one before. Did you not see the one with Orville? I blocked that from my memory, to be honest. <laughs> oh, and baking soda to drink baking while you're on a plate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, there we if go. You, if you do it with, with like large eggs, then you do three large eggs, maybe four. And then however much they weigh, you want the same amount of caster sugar, self-raising flour, and butter. Oh. And that's cake mix. Done. Okay. Well, I will go there. Hopefully, we'll be allowed to uh, buy stuff because you know what? Oh no, I think it's they're blocked off the stuff because I might need to go and get. A, I want to get a big mixing bowl because last time I used a pan. Yeah, don't use a pan. No. <laughs> do I have a spatula? Do I do. Yeah, Dave got some posh ones. Okay, good. I you don't have a wooden whisk. spoon. Oh yeah, I've got the electric whisk. Did you see me? Because I pressed. I tried to turn it on and ended up firing the whisk things out the bottom. So I didn't know what the bottom was for. Okay. Do you have any vanilla? Uh, yes, uh, maybe. Okay. Do you have any lemons? A little squeeze no. of lemon juice in it? Or a bit of lemon zest? I don't know. But of course you don't know that. <laughs> I, will, I will go on BBC Good Food and uh, walk around with that. Great. I just buy double of everything because I'll probably make a mess. I mean, all I'm going to say is poor Dave. Yeah. Are they going to say pour a glass of wine <laughs> before you drink it? Before you eat no, it? do not do this with wine. Oh, I'm going to have I wine. Mean, poor Dave, he's going to end up eating this slash cleaning the kitchen afterwards. Oh, well, yeah, you can do that. 
All right. Well, I will be yes. doing that on Saturday. Where can I we will, find you? I will you? be there on Saturday. I will come watch and 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 oh, there you are. sit like this. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Which is what I did in the last one, which I just yeah. tried to forget Back about. Backseating. Backseating is what it's going to be. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably need that. So, Eddie, how can we find you? You can find me on social media um, at Ed underscore Knights with an N. Excellent. And what do you have anything planned for this week? Um, no, I mean, it's lockdown. I'm going to keep playing some games. Ooh, bit of Persona. About get it. that. Um, some Persona get that 5 Strikers, done. maybe some Mario out tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I'll be playing that. I'm streaming a launch stream of it tomorrow. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll be. You can find me, biggestbenus.com. There's all the links at the top of there, but I'll just find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash biggestbenus. Um, and you can listen to this podcast probably later on tonight uh, or any of the previous ones over on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anything else. Uh, unedited, of course. Of course, unedited, yeah. You will hear me thank people for the cheer, for the raids. Thank you to everyone for the follows during that. Sorry, my alerts are off during this. So at least there's a little bit of professionalism. Um, but yeah, there we go. All right, there I'll you. have to watch Drag Race UK. Oh, yeah, I'll have to do that when I come back. I'm going to go and get something. I fancy some chocolate and Drag Race. That sounds great. Good plan. Good plan. All right. So, Ed, if you uh, if you go and mute yourself. Yeah. Well, 